630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. This Saturday and Sunday at Rona, scratch and save 15 to 100% on all in-store purchases of $100 or more. For your big and small projects, there's Rona. Conditions apply. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. That guy who does the voice there is the highest paid employee of the station. Works four seconds a day. It's unbelievable. Hey, how you doing tonight, everybody? Thanks a lot for tuning in. It is Inside Sports. It is Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630, Chad. We will have a live broadcast each of the next three days. Oilers tomorrow, Eskimos Friday, Oilers on Saturday. It's going to be great. Hopefully both teams keep winning. Ever since, hey, Kellen, ever since we had the crisis show, Eskimos 1-0, Oilers 2-0. That's coincidence. Pretty good. Yeah. Coincidence? Quite likely, but not not entirely for sure. So you never know. Well, that's the whole thing about a crisis. Eventually, it ends, right? Exactly. Maybe we helped push the ending along. Maybe we did something. I don't know. Uh, Richard says, "I didn't know that was an igloo in the Nordiques logo. I thought it was just a big fat N." John says they should rename Fort Hall after Brian Hall. Then it would be the oh-so-catchy Hall Hall. That's not a bad idea. All right. All right. Oilers notes today. Drake Kajula did not practice. We'll see if he can go tomorrow. Looks like Jesse Pugliarvi will indeed stay on a line with Leon Dreisaitl as uh, they get set to face the Bruins, who are on the ice in Calgary tonight in about half an hour. Tomorrow's game, 5.30 face-off show. The game will start at 7. I'm in Ford Hall. It's been great to have a couple listeners come up and say hi. If you're, if you're still coming into Ford Hall, if you're catching this, look for our street team members. You, you can't miss the Ched setup. And then you can enter on our iPads to win two tickets to the home opener tomorrow night. Eskimos will play at the BC Lions on Friday, 6 o'clock countdown to kickoff, 8 o'clock for the start of the game. There won't be inside sports that night. It'll be all Eskimos coverage. And the Lions and the Eskimos in a fight for a playoff spot. And I'm pleased to be joined by the legendary head coach of the Lions, Wally Buono. Wally, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good, sir. Thank you. It's always great to have you on the show. And before we get into the football talk, i, I got to throw this at you, Wally. Uh, my dear friend and colleague, Brian Hall, former play-by-play voice of the Edmonton Eskimos. He did that for a long time. Still gets up early every morning and reads the sports here on 630 Ched. 65 years today in broadcasting, Wally. Uh, pretty incredible career. I know you got to know Brian a little bit, uh, a little bit obviously, uh, through uh, your time in the CFL here. Uh, I I don't know if, if anything stands out about the man, but what do you think about that milestone? Well, Brian, uh, congratulations on uh, 65 years of being a loudmouth and a bad football coach. I know you always thought you were the uh, greatest uh, Eskimo coach, but uh, you've always been a lot of fun to be around, and uh, you've always been a lover of the CFL. 
Oh, well said. Yes, we, we all have fun being armchair coaches. Uh, you're the one doing it, doing it for real. Wally, I, I'm going to go back to our conversation about a year ago and contrast with some things going on this year. I remember we talked the week leading up to the Eskimos game in BC, and you said your team hadn't been great closing out games and being strong in fourth quarters. And it was like you foretold the future because that weekend the Eskimos came back from 16 late and won in overtime. Uh, you know, some of your recent results have, have been some some late win, wins, hanging on to leads. So how do you contrast that team's mental strength from last year to this year? Well, I think there's a number of things. One, I think uh, when you look at the team that Ed Hervey and I uh, built, you know, we built it on veterans uh, that uh, have won, know how to win, and have been resilient. And when you look at our football club, you know, from the beginning to the end, you know, we started off a little bit shaky, but I think the one thing we showed that we were resilient. And, uh, you know, uh, the last half of the season, we've been way, way better and you know even if you look last week at uh, our game in Calgary uh, started off great uh, had a, a lull there for two minutes at the end of the second quarter and all of a sudden the game is, is tied and uh, you know our guys we got their focus at halftime came out won the second half and we won a big game. You know, you guys have, have uh, passed the Eskimos, obviously. You, you spent a lot of the year kind of looking up at most of the West Division. Sometimes that can be discouraging for a team week after week to be in that position. Were, were there some guys maybe that, that really stepped forward or, or kept it together as, as you know, you, you tried to keep a hold on that playoff race? Well, I think, you, you know, one of the guys, obviously, that we – at least I've always respected and admired is Odell Willis. Uh, you know, he's got a great personality. He's always upbeat, works hard in practice. And, you know, uh, he's always the guy that's pulling the guys together. And, uh, you know, he's been through uh, a lot of organizations. Uh, he's won uh, uh, big games before, and he's lost big games before. But uh, the one thing that's infectious, you know, is his personality. And, you know, he's not afraid to step up and, and be a leader. And, uh, you know, that's helped us. Uh, this year, it's helped us, you know, to keep the guys on the even keel. He doesn't get too down, and he doesn't let the guys get too up. So, you know, I got to give a lot of kudos to him. But there's also a lot of other guys, uh, you know, that uh, that have helped. Obviously, a Travis Louie is a great leader. A Roly Lombala, you know, is a great leader. And you know, you got to have leadership because there's going to be times in the season that it's tough. Uh, you and I have talked in the past about the leadership at the quarterback position, and and you know I remember you telling me that when it all comes down to it, you need guys that you know can handle all all the stress and, and handle the pressure of the season and bounce back from a bad play. Uh, you mentioned Ed Hervey. Yeah, you know he challenged Jonathan Jennings a, a few weeks ago about his commitment to being a pro. How have you seen you know Jennings uh, Jennings react to that? Well, I, I think again, you know, uh, anything Ed has said, uh, you know, I definitely uh, believe in, and you know, we need to challenge all ourselves, and and that was after the Hamilton loss, and you know, honestly, we all needed to be criticized. That was a terrible outing, and but you know, Jonathan's a guy that uh, you know is pretty even keeled. Uh, he and Ed sat down, discussed it. Ed discussed it with the team, and I think we're better for it. Uh, sometimes a general manager has to be able to speak out and to get people's attention. Sometimes the head coach has to be able to do the same thing. So, you know, when things are said, things are always said to help improve our football club, and hopefully uh, the players, the coaches, the staff take it that way. 
You know, Wally, uh, I was re reading something today, and, and I, I I know you may say that's for the media read. Let's you 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 have fun with that. But I'm going to ask you anyway. <laughs> you know, there's all these articles about all the playoff scenarios. What if these teams get tied? What if this team does this, this, and this? Do you do you look at any of that, or are you just like, okay, there's a game Friday, everybody. That's all I'm thinking about. There's a game Friday. They'll tell me what uh, what to do. After the game, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not worried about uh, the playoffs. Uh, you know, that's not something today that uh, we should be worried about. We should be worried about the next game, which is Friday. And, uh, you know, obviously a win for both teams is big. Well, there, there's going to come a point here in the, in the weeks to come where a, a final gun's going to go, and and that'll be it for you as as the coach. Uh, you know, either you're going to win the Grey Cup or you'll get eliminated. Have you thought about that moment at all? Have Have you thought about the the, the end of the road or or how are you dealing with that? Uh, this being the last season. Well, you know what, I, I haven't, and the reason I haven't is I've made a conscious effort when I decided to come back for my last year to just focus on the, the next game. Uh, you know, I don't want people to say that I'm already uh, packed up, I'm already retired, I'm not. You know, when the season's over, then I'll reflect back on everything else. But I'll, I'll have a lot of time then at this stage where we're at today. You know, we're 8-7. and seven. We have a game against a very, very good opponent that means a lot to both teams. And, you know, I don't want to cheat myself. I don't want to cheat our team and, and our fans. Uh, so I, all I'm looking at is how can we prepare these guys so that we can have more points to them at the end of the game. Well, it's always a pleasure to have you on Inside Sports. I hope we have many more of these down the road. Thanks a lot for your time. It's always great to have you on the show. Always, guys. Appreciate it. And like I said, it's going to be a great uh, uh, weekend because a lot at stake both you know, in the CFL, and this is why our league is an exciting league at this time of year. Well said, Wally. Thanks a lot for coming on the show. One of the greats all time. I think one of the best coaches any sport, any level that this country has ever seen. Wally Buono with the Beastie Lions. We just need the Eskimos to beat them on Friday night. Updating the scoreboard here quickly. Canadians lead the Blues 2-1. That's early in the third. Also in the third, Capitals up 3-2 on the Rangers. Bruins and Flames at the bottom of the hour. Islanders and Ducks at 8. Baseball playoffs. Red Sox lead the Astros 2-0 top of the second. Earlier, Dodgers beat the Brewers 5-2. They go up 3-2 in the best of seven. NBA tonight, opener for the Raptors. They're at home halfway through the third quarter against the Cavaliers. It is 82-63 for Toronto. Here's my NBA analysis, everybody. The Cavaliers won't be as good without LeBron James. Take that one to the bank. This portion of the show brought to you by Furnace Family, your 24-7 furnace repair and replacement specialist. Call 7804-FAMILY or FurnaceFamily.com. All right, big playoff weekend coming up for the Edmonton Huskies. Their head coach, Ian McLean, is next. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chat. All right, Sheridan, the Eskimos, getting ready for the Lions. Talbot and the Oilers getting ready for the Bruins. And the Edmonton Huskies of the Prairie Junior Football Conference getting ready for a playoff game. It is do or die coming up this weekend, and I'm pleased to be joined by the head coach of the Huskies, Ian McLean. Ian, great to have you on the show again. How are you doing? I'm uh, doing excellent. Just, just in prep right now, getting ready to hit the field right away and uh, get ready for the weekend. 
All right. Well, you guys go 6-2 and two in the regular season. You will host Regina. Is it Sunday at 1 at Clark? Sunday 1 at Commonwealth from the big houses. Oh, you're in the big house. You're at Commonwealth on Sunday. Uh, how often do you guys get to play, actually, at Commonwealth? Well, last game we played in Commonwealth was 2004 when we won the national championship, so it's been a few years. How come this one's at Commonwealth? I believe there was a uh, there was a booking at Clark that happened, and so they uh, that was back in the springtime when the field bookings went down. So they booked Commonwealth as a backup plan with the plan of hosting a game, and that's where we'll be. Okay, is that? I mean, it's you're playing at home. It's not your regular home field. Is, is do you anticipate any sort of disruption, or is it business as usual? You know, we've been preaching to our guys all year long that we have to reduce distractions and eliminate distractions. So, I mean, everybody's been in there. Um, a lot of our guys have been on the field, maybe not all of them. Uh, but just treating it like a, like a regular game and treating it like a, a new opportunity, but something that we just got to go out there and perform when we get on the field. All right. Uh, pretty good season for you guys. Like I mentioned, 6-2, and two, second in the uh, 16 uh, Prairie Conference. Uh, Regina was 5-3. and three. Give me the report here. How did you fare against Regina in the regular season? Well, we played them in a back-to-back um, right before the bye, so it was, a, it was an interesting part of the season where we uh, we really eased into the season and had uh, some heavy lifting in the middle and then uh, got a chance to get some of our younger guys in and really play everybody towards the end of the year. Uh, we split the series. We actually, um, it was opposite of how it normally works. We, we lost at home and won there. So uh, the first game, uh, penalties were a huge, huge factor in it. Uh, we had uh, something that we're addressing. We continually address with the team is making sure we're disciplined and making sure we keep those down. Uh, they came in with a, a good game plan, and we did our best to shoot ourselves in the foot. So it's just making sure we control that. And then when we were in Regina, we were able to establish more of a run game and really get the ball to, to Brandt and Shamar and Taylor, and that helped us a lot. So it's it's looking at things that worked well and making sure that we can um, well, get to typical football saying, but win the line of scrimmage, and that's going to dictate the game and the rest of the season. Well, uh, you know what? I, I love our listeners because I got a text saying you, you have to ask Coach McLean about his massive O-line. The Huskies are stacked there. Might be from somebody who has a, a relative on the offensive line, but uh, maybe you even know who it is. But but having said that, I, I mean, you got to control the line of scrimmage. you got to protect your quarterback. you got to run the ball. Tell me a little bit about your O-line. Uh, is, this, is this size meeting experience, or why are they successful? I would say our offensive line is a group that we've challenged in the last couple of weeks, and uh, I can only assume Vic's question comes from that, if I were to guess who that's from. <laughs> um, you nailed it. <laughs> um, they've done a good job of improving all year long. Uh, but what I would say with, with great expectations comes, with, with great skill set comes great expectations. And we need to see them take another step. And across the board, want to see some consistency. Uh, we've had a few too many holding penalties this year. Uh, so, so preaching aggressive football between the lines football but see more consistently consistency from all five guys uh we've been very lucky and he's right i mean this is the biggest offensive line we've ever had i think it's one of the better ones we've ever had but now we need to see a big step because it's it's playoff football uh the last two seasons we've gone in and had our seasons end way too early so there's some some hunger here and that the offensive line needs to be leading that charge well, and I wanted to ask you about that, and I, I know you're you're sick of talking about it because I asked you about it at the start of the year. But you were seven and one last year and lost a home playoff game to Regina. So is that is that bitter taste still in the mouths of the veterans? Well, yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> we we have really really kept the attitude all year long of prepping each week like it's the same. 
uh, no matter who we're playing, no matter what game we're playing, no matter what week of the season we're playing. And what I talk to the guys about all the time is, is seeing a step in maturity, a step in maturity from a program. And um, bad programs blame injuries and blame referees and blame coulda, shoulda, wouldas. We have to take that step, and we have to make sure that we go and control our destiny. And last year, we, we lost the game at home. I mean, we lost by three points in the playoffs. And it's made for a long year. And we have a chance now to go out there and, and do our jobs. And Regina's got a good football team. they got a very good offense. They're, they're very dynamic on offense and a very aggressive defense. So we have to go out there and do our job and play a football game where we just can control our destiny and control what happens from us. Well, well said. Ian, I wish you all the best. I know this is a big one. I know you're working hard. So 1 o'clock Sunday, Commonwealth Stadium. It's uh, the Edmonton Huskies hosting a Prairie Junior Football Conference semifinal. Hey, thanks for coming on the show, man. All the best. Thanks, Reed. I appreciate the support all season long, and I uh, yeah, hope to talk to you very, very soon. Right on. That is Ian McLean checking in, head coach of the Edmonton Huskies. Uh, we'll definitely be uh, keeping an eye on them on the weekend. Uh, by the way, the Saskatoon Hilltops went 8-0. and to finish in first place, they will play the Winnipeg Rifles in the other semi. The Rifles holding off the Edmonton Wildcats for the final playoff spot in the league. All right, we got a break for the 7.30 News. I'm live at Fort Hall. Fans going into Rogers Place for the big Edmonton premiere of Making Coco. We've had a lot of coverage on that over the last couple days here on 6.30. Ched, we had a lot of coverage all day long on weed. Well, why not do it on this show as well? Former NHL player, cannabis advocate, Riley Cote. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We'll tell you why cannabis has made an impact on his life and why he's happy about Canada's decision today. That's when we get back. It's 1017, the new 420 on 630 Chad. Hi, everyone. Or perhaps I should say, hi, everyone. It's legal. A lot of our coverage on 630 Chad today focused on the legalization of cannabis in Canada, and it has a sports theme to it as well. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on 630 Chet, and I'm pleased to welcome to the show former NHL tough guy and uh, now a cannabis advocate. He co-founded Athletes for Care. It is Riley Cote on the show tonight. Hey, Riley, thanks for making time for me. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, I appreciate uh, you taking the time to talk to me. Uh, just a little background on your career. You played uh, with the Philadelphia Flyers. Your last season was 0-9-10. And didn't you win an AHL, AHL title uh, with the Phantoms a few years prior to that? I did in 2004-2005 uh, lockout season. Okay. That was the beginning of my uh, time in Philly. 
Beginning of your time in Philly. Okay, great stuff. Uh, 156 NHL games, seven points, 411 minutes in penalties. Um, so you were a guy that that knew your role and, and embraced it. Is that that fair to say? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. I mean, if I had the skill level to score 50, I would have chose that path. Unfortunately, it wasn't the card. So had to do it the old-fashioned way. Yeah. Just uh, you know, hard work and just uh, keep the game simple, keep it north, and get on the boy. When did you discover, you know, Riley, I should preface this by saying, uh, you know, in the past year and a half or so, I've done a, a feature on the show called Enforcers Week, where every day on the show I have an enforcer on, whether it's Brent Gogol or uh, Darcy Hortichuk or, or, or players of that ilk. And I always ask the question, where did that start for you? Uh, I mean, like you said, it'd be great to score 50 goals, but not everybody can do it. Where did that start for you where you realized that was a, a way for you to, to move up the ladder in hockey? Yeah, it was uh, when I turned pro at the age of 20. Uh, my, my four years of junior hockey in the Western Hockey League, um, I didn't fight a ton. I think in the four years I might have had uh, 20 fights total. Uh, my last two years I put up some decent numbers, but it, you know, when I turned pro, I just kind of looked at the guys getting called up. We never drafted guys getting called up. Uh, lots of lots of goals and points and lots of penalty minutes. And I was like, <laughs> I, I, I had no shots in the offensive uh you know, in the, in the offensive section, because I, I wasn't drafted in my foot in the door in any organization. I was kind of a walk on, and um, so I just kind of fight my way, just fight the guy, the biggest guy, the guy with the most telling minutes, and, and keep the game simple. Again, you know, always kind of make myself be known, and uh, you know, work, work my way out of the Central Hockey League, the East Coast Hockey League, American Hockey League, and kind of found my way to the NHL. Okay. Well, Riley, you've got a really interesting story, and, uh, you know, it, it, it is uh, a big day here in Canada. Um, tell us a little bit about how, and, and you'll correct me if, you're, if I'm using any improper ter- terminology, but I'll put it this way. Tell me about how you became a cannabis user. How did this become a part of your life, and can you relate that to your hockey career? Yeah, I mean, I was introduced to, to cannabis, you know, early in my life in a very recreational setting, you know, much like most people in a party, in a party situation. Uh, I, I used uh, cannabis throughout my junior hockey and pro hockey career. I don't think I fully understood it until I retired, once I started, you know, learning the science and all that good stuff. But, uh, you know, once I started pro and started fighting regularly is when I really started really identifying with the therapeutic properties for how it helped with my anxiety. Sleep, you know, um, performance anxiety is one thing, but then fighting on a regular basis is a whole other thing. You know, the chronic state of anxiety is most people don't understand it. Um, it's hard to explain, but that really helped with that. Um, um, and, and it wasn't really until I retired when the wheels started falling off the carriage at the age of 28, physical body breaking down. Um, you know, some residuals from concussions from 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 the wear and tear of the fighting, and then um, I discovered you know the CBD oils. Um, derived from both hemp and the resinous cannabis plants as, uh, as neuroprotectants and and the anti-inflammatory properties and I was really started kind of leaning on it in a very more in a very mindful way and really you know doing it with some science attached to it and and that's when I really started becoming extremely passionate about this and seeing you know that this is the future of medicine the future of sports medicine and recovery because of, of the sustainable way to manage these things that athletes and, and, and the average Joe tries to, to manage on a daily basis. Riley, well, man, that's a that's a really thorough answer. I, I, more questions came out of that. So, as a hockey player, you you were using more for you you weren't really using for pain relief. You were using more for uh, relief from mental anguish. Is that a fair way to put it? 
Yeah, you know, and, and, and it's fair to say the pain thing, too. I mean, once I started fighting, too, I was putting a lot more inflammation on my body. And, and, and you know, when my hands were swollen and my face was swollen. And, you know what I mean? And just holding your shoulders, your neck, and everything are, are sore all the time from, from that. So, yeah, that, that as well. But, but, but like what really stuck out was, was, was how it really calmed my nervous system and, and promoted rest, which gave me the ability to, you know, get up early in the morning. I was always the first guy at the rink. I prided myself in... You know, being the hardest worker and that whole thing. So, you know, without that, I mean, I always heard a guy struggling with the sleep. I mean, I never did struggle with sleep because of, because of that. So that was a huge bonus. Um, but, uh, um, you know, it was an evolution of really how I started using it, be more mindful how I used it, too. That just came with experience and understanding what it really was. Well, okay, and, and you touched on on uh, on some of the other ways that it, it can be used or, or consumed, I guess. And would you say, is it your experience that there's a misunderstanding about? I mean, most most people hear cannabis, marijuana, weed, whatever, and they think of somebody smoking a joint. Like, would you say that's that's not a fair representation of what you're advocating, or how would you describe it? Yeah, no, I don't think that's a fair. I, I don't think that's fair at all. I think that's a, a fair action of what cannabis is, like a really small percentage. I mean, you look at the products on the on the marketplace uh, today, um, especially on the CBD, non-psychoactive cannabinoids side of things. I mean, you got topicals, creams, uh, sublingual tinctures, um, transdermal patches, suppositories. It kind of mimics uh, much of the, you know, the, the pharmaceutical and, and supplement model. Um, you know, then you got dry herb and you got edibles with THC, and you know those you know, those do exist. But um, um, from what I understand, especially in the U.S. here, most people are seeking uh, CBD and non-psychoactive cannabinoids. If you look at these dispensaries, you know the the, the older community, uh, you know, 50 and above, they're looking for non-psychoactive cannabinoids. And, and I think for sports and sports recovery, I think it's a beautiful thing. Um, as soon as you, you've wrapped up your, your training session or the game and, and getting these into you. Um, to, you know, to help with the inflammation and to promote the calm, you know, the, the calming of the nervous system and, and the sleep. Because, you know, to me, the sleep is the spine of the recovery process. If you don't sleep properly, it's hard to get up in the morning and, and be productive and be on top of your game and, and perform. So that's what we're trying to promote in, in a sustainable way without the pills. We have an opioid crisis on our hands. You know, we have a heroin crisis on our hands in the West here. And, uh, and, it's, and, it's, and because, in my opinion, uh, the, the root cause of it is prohibition of cannabis. Is if you outlaw the alternative to manage pain, and you, you give people synthetic heroin and opioids, and it, it, it's, it's terrible. It's a terrible cycle. I can't, you know, I, I, I can't believe how many people have been swallowed up from the destructive nature of these things. And I've seen a ton of guys in the hockey community um, played with and played against that have been swallowed up with it. And this is the way. This is the way we change. The way we do things is with alternative medicines like cannabis. Riley Cote joining us on Inside Sports tonight. He co-founded Athletes for Care. That's a group advocating for athletes on uh, matters of health and safety, including the use of cannabis as medicine. And Riley's been describing how he feels that can make a difference. Uh, I mean, look, um, this is something uh, not a lot, or maybe really not any, current athletes talk about is, is using cannabis in some form. You're one of many uh, former athletes, you know, a lot of NBA players, former NBA players like Matt Barnes, whose uh, brother used to play for the Eskimos, uh, you know, some former NFLers has, have talked about it. Uh, I mean, is this like the, how do I put this? Is, is this like just an unspoken yet widespread truth that, 
you know, a lot of players in the NHL are probably using cannabis to some degree, or, or how would you sum that up? Yeah, I mean, that's a good way to put it. I mean, I think, uh, you know, naturally, hockey is kind of, uh, you know, conservative sport, you know, just like the old school way of thinking, kind of just put your head down and do the work and, you know, listen and follow the rules and, you know, that whole thing. So I think, you know, that mentality, uh, is, you know, has evolved from, you know, beer drinkers to, you know, the cannabis users, but they still keep that, you know, that, you know, keep, keep it in their back pocket, keep it tight to their chest where, you know, no, no one wants to put themselves out there and put their career at risk for something that's still taboo and, you know, stigma still exists. So I think, you know, you see, you see it a lot more in football and, uh, and, and, and in basketball. And I think there's, you know, these guys are maybe just a little more level with their belief systems. But, um, but, but I, I do know for a fact that a ton of hockey players use both, you know, dry herb, edible, THC side of things, as well as the new market of these CBD products, the non-psychoactive products. I mean, a ton of these guys are using these, whether it's a topical or a tincture, um, again, post-game, um, d- during the day. I mean, really, it's uh, it, it, it's pretty diverse, so what, what it can be used for, and um, um, and you're going to see it more and more, you know, especially as, you know, different countries as Canada, you know, fully legalized cannabis, and other countries are going to follow suit, and, you know, it's it just it's just momentum now, and the, and the athlete is gravitating towards this because they want to self-medicate and they want to do things sustainably in the right way without the destructive nature of uh, alcohol and and prescription drugs. Riley, this has been uh, fascinating. And I know when we were emailing, you know, you said this is a big day for Canada going in this direction. I'll wrap up here. Just tell me a little bit about Athletes for Care and how uh, how people can find out more if they want to. Yeah, it's uh, athletesforcare.org, and, you know, we originally kind of came together as a, a group of athletes from different sports, uh, football, UFC, and uh, actually the daughter of Ed Snyder, who owned the Flyers, um, you know, having the idea that we we wound up speaking publicly and advocating for cannabis so so much that we said, well, we come together and create a platform support system, educational platform, and, and kind of do what the, you know, maybe the alumni associations uh, aren't doing for the players is is actually providing um, and subsidizing, um, you know, alternative medicine, uh, such as C- C- hemp-derived CBD products and or THC products, depending on the states uh, or country they live in. So, um, you know, it, it was it, it was it was one of those things that made a whole lot of sense. It's like if we're if we're supposed to take care of your players, why not give them the best tool that's available? You know, you want to educate them on the best tools that are available, and at least they can make the the choice when it comes down to you know what they want to what they want to lean on to manage their you know their condition. So um, there's so much more education to be done. And that's the biggest thing is just education. Like talk about it, talk about it, bring these stories to light, and um, and the more people talk about it, the more they normalize it. And I think the sport sports platform, the athlete has the ability to do that because. People who put a lot of, you know, you know, I don't say faith, but they look up to the athlete. They, you know, they they, they understand and connect to the athlete. Maybe because these guys put their bodies on the line for their cities and all that stuff. And uh, I think more guys that come out and talk about it, it'll just normalize it quicker. Well, Riley, thanks for filling us in on uh, on your experience and uh, and what you do, and uh, telling us a little bit about athletes for care. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sports, and all the best. I hope we can talk again down the road. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. That is Riley Cote checking in tonight, former Philadelphia Flyer, 156 NHL games. And as you heard him describing his experience with cannabis and how he has uh, kept uh, advocating for its use with athletes and really with the general public after he has retired. It is 746. You'll meet this week's 630 Chet MVP when we get back. 
this is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Talbot with 29 saves last night in the win over the Winnipeg Jets, 5-4 in overtime. The ninth time in Oilers history they have come back from a three-goal deficit in the third period to win a game. Oilers-Bruins tomorrow on 6.30, Chad. Face-off show at 5.30, game at 7. No score. Boston and Calgary tonight early. Islanders and Ducks later on. Capitals beat the Rangers 4-3 in overtime. Canadians are 4-1-1. They upend the Blues 3-2. Baseball tonight, 3-1. Red Sox lead the Astros in the third. Earlier, Dodgers beat the Brewers 5-2. Basketball tonight, four minutes left. Raptors up on the Cavs, 106-97. The 6.30 Chet MVP is presented by Elite Promotional Marketing. James Centel is the athlete this week. He was featured on Global News yesterday. You can get the video in the MVP section on 630Chet.com. James gets Under Armour Apparel courtesy of Elite Promotional Marketing, and you can nominate somebody by looking under the local tab on 630ched.com. James, you're a lineman with the Skona Lords football team. How are you doing? I'm doing good. You? Doing very well. Thanks for making time for me tonight. Tell us how the Lords season is going so far. Uh, It's been going all right. You know, uh, we played some of the best teams in the league, and we didn't fare so well, but we've been slowly improving throughout the season, and yeah, yeah, I'm proud of our team with how we come. James, now I understand you play both on the offensive and defensive lines? Yep. How common is that in high school football? Uh, it's not uncommon. It is, it, is, it is fairly common. There are some teams that have one or two players uh, playing both ways, but granted most of the time they get taken out on one side and then they can focus on one, but I, I pretty much play the whole entire game, which is it's fun. <laughs> I enjoy it. <laughs> okay. Wait, yeah. do, you, do you like being an O-lineman or D-lineman better? Do you have a preference? Uh, I definitely prefer O-line. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that, how come? Uh, well, I enjoy D-line because it's uh, you kind of get the little moments of glory compared to an offensive lineman. You know, you get the tackle and you get your name announced and such, but O-line, I just, I like being the, you know, I kind of like being the, the protector of the team. I enjoy that role. Okay. What grade are you in? Uh, 12. All right. So uh, what did you, did you have plans for next year, football school, or what are you going to do? Uh, yes. I uh, Earlier in September, I uh, signed with the Golden Bears. Oh, good stuff. Okay. Yeah. Well, they've had some good old linemen come out of there for sure. They got yeah. a couple in the CFL right now. Yeah. What? Yeah, so how on. would you? How would you describe yourself as a teammate? Uh, the, the guys always make jokes about how uh, I'm a very friendly and like a very nice person off the field, but on field I'm, you know, I'm straight to the point. I'm all business, and and that is similar to how I am. I'm I'm not necessarily quiet but I'm also not necessarily the nicest, but not in a way that seems like I'm being too harsh. I just I just want to push my teammates to make them the best they can be. Okay, nice. Uh, what would you like to study at the U of A when you go next year? Uh, I plan on majoring in uh, psychology. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, who got you into football? Uh, Chris Morris, actually. Uh, I, I started in Pee Wee, so that might have been like grade six something like that and uh his son played on the same hockey team as my older brother and 
he just asked my dad if he has another son, and he said yes, and then it's, you know, all history. <laughs> okay, good stuff. Uh, when's your next game? Uh, this Friday. Who do you play? Uh, Roth Shep. Okay. Well, James, good luck the rest of the season. Uh, good luck once you go to the U of A. Congratulations on being this week's 630 Chet MVP presented by Elite Promotional Marketing. Thank you very much. That is James Centel from the Skona Lords checking in tonight. Excellent young man. Good to get to know him a little bit. Had a good interview there with uh, Riley Cote, former NHLer, now a cannabis advocate. Mike says, let's be honest, professional athletes put their bodies on the line for big bucks. It's we blue-collar people who put our bodies on the line and barely get by. These are texts to 63630. And Ron says, uh, excellent interview with your Philly fighter honest very informative had no idea the level of anxiety these young hockey players deal with the importance of sleep and finally the info that the use of cannabis is widespread very good interview thanks for that text to 630 630 well thanks for joining us tonight it was great to meet some listeners who went through Fort Hall tonight the making Coco Edmonton premiere is underway being shown inside Rogers place hockey there tomorrow Bruins and Oilers 530 face-off show here on 630 Chad game at 7. Friday night, no inside sports. Eskimos football. Countdown to kickoff at 6. Game at 8 as the Eskimos visit the BC Lions. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy is the studio producer. My name is Reed Wilkins. Have a great night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.